This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley, and our guest today has a story to tell and a message for you men, as well as for the women in our audience. Carmen Hope Thomas was single, successful, and frustrated. The more successful she got, the harder it was to find men who saw her for her work. Carmen Hope Thomas has a book. It is Why Marry a Man You Don't Need. She calls it a candid conversation about marriage, money, success, and the black woman. Carmen, hey, how are you? Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Who knew we were this much alike and we just Uh, met like 10 minutes ago? Let me tell you something. This is the story of many women of color, and I just got up enough nerve to write it down, pretty much. Why are you telling us ladies that we need not marry a man that we do not need? Well, actually, it's a play on words. It's why marry a man you don't need. I think a lot of women, especially women who have um, acquired a lot and have done a lot and have, you know, kind of come along with a little success that they can look back at at and say, look at at what I've done. Um, They're starting to see that it's a little frustrating to figure out, you know, how marriage works in that equation. And that's really what the book is about. So I really list my whys. And I could tell you this. Um... This entire journey has been about why, you know, everybody's why needs to be either updated or reevaluated. And let me explain what I mean by that. Please do. Most moms and grandmoms, um, our moms and our grandmoms and our great grandmoms married for reasons that are no longer relevant. Such as? Oh, well, my, my grandmother married when she was 14. It was time. In her day, that's when you what you did. Um, my mother married to get out of the house. You know, she was in a house full of, of siblings, and the only way to get out was to get married. That was what you did in that time. That's not the reason today. When I got, got married, I was a homeowner. You know, I, I had a good career. I had a couple of cars. And, you know, I traveled. You know, I did my thing. And what I'm saying is, is we need to update our why. And a lot of us are listening to our moms and our grandmoms, and they're giving us advice that is not necessarily bad, but it's just not relevant. It's a little outdated, you'd say. Pretty much. And that's really what the book is about. So when you start to take on all of these this baggage as time goes on, then you're using your outdated rationale along with what you've learned through experience, and now you've got a somewhat of a quagmire of trying to figure out how do I navigate through all of this. My mom is telling me I needed to go to school, get get a master's degree, get a doctor's degree, get all this education, and my grandmother's telling me to take care of myself. Don't You don't need a man to do this. You don't need a man to do that. And then when you meet someone, you find yourself in a bit of an issue, you're having a bit of an issue, because now you've got all of these things playing in your head that you've been told time over time time over time and then you've got feelings that you don't know how to to navigate and so all of those things create a problem and especially in 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 communities of color because i i really wrote the book because i have two sons and i'm questioning who will they ever marry because now we we are not considering how our actions 
are affecting future generations. We are opting out of marriage now. Now we're just deciding not to be bothered. And that's a problem because most communities, if you look at other um, groups, ethnic groups, marriage and family are are the cornerstone, the center of everything that they do. That's not the African-American experience. Marriage and family is an option. And, and the more we make it an option and the more we make it something that we opt out of, we're, we're affecting the whole community. Exactly. And today, a woman does not need a man to be a parent. I have many friends who are single parents who have adopted their children. Exactly. They don't need a man to be a parent. They don't need to get married uh, for someone to take care of them. They don't need to get married to have children. They don't need to get, you know, all the things that our grandmoms and our moms, we don't need men for that. But what we do need to understand is marriage is way more than that. Marriage is 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 almost like a ministry. It actually is. There's there are things that you learn in marriage that you can't get anywhere else. And if you think about that, then you realize that, OK, well, I, I, I live with a man. Well, you don't have to be married to him for that. But then I, I want to have children. OK, well, you still don't need to be married. to him. Well, we go into financial partnerships together. OK, now it's getting a bit sticky and then you say well I sleep with them I worship with them I you know all of these things when you start to add up what marriage is really about and that's really what happens to many women we're not talking about what a marriage is anymore a marriage for us is a is convenience we start to say I want to be married because I need somebody there or I want to be married because I want to have kids that are not outside of wedlock, or I want to be married. We need to talk about what marriage actually is. And once we get into that, that's when women say, well, if that's what it is, I don't I don't want it. Uh-huh. But if you're going to go on and drop a little knowledge on our audience and give us a little bit of insight into what you've written, marriage really is, as you see it, what? Marriage is a journey that is character building. And a lot of women and men opt out of it because they don't want to get into those areas that are uncomfortable. Such as? A lot of people are dealing with baggage from their moms and dads and grandmoms and just brokenness. And until they fix their own personal brokenness, marriage becomes a problem. Because marriage is a character-building situation. I use this this biblical analogy when I talk to a lot of my church uh, groups. When God came to Abraham and told him to move, Abram, before his name was changed, he never said a thing to Sarah. So so what, what would have happened if Sarah said, well, to Abram, listen, God's going to have to come down and talk to me before I move. My whole, whole argument with that is we need to understand that, that, that marriage is about a partnership that requires you to understand what your role is, and how you plan to play that role. Aha. Uh-huh. And that's where a lot of women opt out. That's when they say, well, wait a minute. I could do that. I could do what Amanda. You know, the competitive spirit. Marriage is not a competition. I, I don't compete with my husband at all. And that's the thing. That's where a lot of women get uncomfortable because they compete in the workforce. And you can't bring home 
bring work into your home. It does not work. And that's universal for all working women, I would think. Absolutely. So you got to learn how to take that off. And once you learn how to take that off, once you understand what your role is, once you understand what you're called to do in your marriage, it's the most beautiful thing. I will not go back to being single. I just can't do it. And that's what I try to talk to women about. You're missing out on something that's huge that you can't get any place else. You just can't. Tell me about this amazing man that you chose. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, my husband, it's so interesting. When we first met, uh, he was living in England. Um, well, we met in college, but we never dated. But when we got back together again. And you have to tell us that story, too. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, you know, he was one of the first per- persons that I met when I got to college. I was a freshman and I needed a ride. And he and, a, and a, another friend of his gave me a ride to get some things done at, at a store nearby. But it's funny, um, when I look back over those years of actually knowing him, you know, I saw him, I saw his friends, I knew who his friends were, he knew me, he saw me. And I, I, I can't say that when I look back at my college years, I did anything so crazy that would have allowed him to look at me and say, okay, that's not the, the girl, you know. But But at the same time, I didn't do anything that was so outstanding where he said that's the girl for me you know what I'm saying so it's so funny after 10 years of being out of school and we bumping into each other it was almost as like oh wow I forgot about him you know and he was looking at me like oh I forgot about her you know that type of thing and so I talk about in the book how we need to teach our young women to protect our ourselves during that time protect yourself you don't have to be that girl on campus you know, you don't have to be, um, you know, that girl that every guy can have a story about because what it does is it it really diminishes who you become later in life. And then you you just ruin all chances of meeting an, an exceptional man. Um, so that's what I, I, I kind of talk about. And that was my own story. Like I said, I didn't do anything crazy and I, there wasn't anything outstanding that I did. It was like, oh, that's my girl. But at the same time, you know, I could hear my mother telling me, be careful. You know, you don't have to be the, the, the party animal. You know, everybody doesn't have to know your name, know how many tattoos are on your back. Know how, you know, nobody, everybody doesn't need to know that. And that's one of the things that I talk about in the book. Next, one thing about my husband that was interesting for me, he lived in, he was from, born and raised in England. And so when he went and returned there, I always was intrigued with the fact that most women choose men that are comfortable in their in their surroundings. Like somebody that's from their hometown or someone that goes to their church or someone, you know, they, they but I was open and I remember actually journaling about this. And that's one of the reasons why I have a journal that yeah, comes, that with, comes the with the book. Yes. Um I journaled about being open to meeting someone from some foreign place. And I'm I grew up in central Florida. So for me to meet and marry someone that was from England was just a total stretch because I had never been there, you know, you know, it's not like I grew up going there on the summers or whatever. But it was just really interesting. And I think a lot of women are not open to meeting someone else or being 
going someplace else. You know, they say, well, oh, no, I've, I've heard women say, well, I, I can't m- meet and marry an African man because they're blah, 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 blah. And they don't know any African men. You know, they're just going by something that someone has said. Or they'll say, oh, I can't meet and marry a, a man, a Caucasian man, because they're blah, 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 blah. You know, you have to be open because one of the things that a global society, which is what we are, yeah. affords you is you can do anything. You got to be open to doing anything. And a lot of women aren't. They just want to be comfortable in what they know. We're talking with Carmen Hope Thomas. Her book is Why Marry a Man You Don't Need? Carmen, I wanted to ask you, you talk about being open to things. Mm-hmm. And I know you've, you often speak to women's groups at churches. Mm-hmm. What do you say to those ladies who have that list, you know, it's yes. inside the Bible. Yeah. And it's the things that are on my desired list for the man of my dreams. Sure. I tell them that it's great to have things that you feel that you're attracted to, but you have to be open. You have to put the list aside and say, you know what, Lord, this is what I want, but I want more of what you want for me. And so I need to put this aside And that's why journaling, like I said, is important. Sure, I had a journal that was filled with all the things that I thought I wanted. And I got way more than that. You know, I I preferred men that were a little lighter than me. That was my thing. My husband is my complexion, if not darker. You know, I preferred men who were, you know, I I remember I dated a guy for a long time that was just a little taller than me. My husband is 6'1". You know, it's it's like all of the things that I thought I liked is not what I married. And so that's one of the reasons why I say you got to be open. And a lot of women who are older, I tell them, you probably know who your husband is already. He's probably a good friend of yours. And he probably sees you as more than just a friend. But because you're so blocked into this list, you're not looking at him in that way. Well, why isn't he stepping up? And saying something. You know what? Men are going by what you say and what you do. Men look at you and they see what you say and what you do. One of the chapters in the book is stop lying to yourself. Yeah, I was going to ask you about because that. Because when you, when you say, oh, I don't need a man or, oh, I could do this by myself or, oh, oh, you're lying to yourself, which gives others permission to lie to you. So what you need to do is just take it all down, take a step back. And be open. When you Isn't that easier said than done, though, Carmen? It is easier said than done. But when you talk yourself through it, because that's a that's important. That's what journaling is about. Talking yourself through things, Um, because a lot of us think we know what we want, but we really don't. So the journal, a page for every day for a year. Uh And I want you to tell us what you're hoping your readers will journal about or at least give us some some thoughts there. And then talk to us a little bit about, you know, there's a Bible verse to start each day in the journal. Yes. What I really wanted to do was give women a little bit of encouragement daily to get them thinking about the process. Prepare yourself for marriage and you will get married. I believe that. I prepared myself even though I had no idea. And I knew my husband for over 10 years by the time we came into contact with one another. I knew who he was. He wasn't a stranger to me. But I really got to know him better as we became friends, closer and closer. (coughs) 
I'm sorry. I'm dealing with these allergies. But welcome to the South. <laughs> Although you're from Central Florida, so you know. Yeah, I know. But but the journaling really, really is a beautiful journey that helps you to understand where you are in the process of your preparation. A lot of women have a lot of ideas as to where they are, but they don't know where they are until they start writing it down and reading back over it. That's really when you start to see, you know what, I have issues or, you know what, I probably need to consult with a a counselor. I did clinical psychotherapy for two years before I got married. And my husband did it as well once he saw the changes in me when we were dating He saw the changes in me and wanted to do it, too. And it was through the process of that kind of counseling that we became much closer. That thought gives me a handful of more questions I want to ask you, and I don't want to I don't want to lose any of them. Uh, First, when you and your husband became reacquainted with one another, Mm -hmm. who initiated the oh, you look a little different than that person I knew a decade ago. And how did that and how long did it take that to develop into we are going to be in a relationship, we are going to see where this goes? I understand totally. It's interesting uh, because uh, something happened in that period of time that I talk about a lot in the book. My philosophy is once you get in, in your 30s, because we live in a microwave society, it was beautiful that my husband lived in England And I lived in Florida because it forced us to talk. It forced us to write. It forced us to really, really get to know each other. Now, I had many friends saying, why are you dating a guy in another country? And I didn't look at it as dating. I looked at it as exploring whether I should date him or not. Once we did that for about a year, he moved to the United States. An opportunity came up where he had to change, you know, career paths. And he says, you know what? Before I find another job here in England, I'm going to move to Florida so I can be closer to her and I could date her and I could be in the same space with her. Once that happened, there was things about him that I knew I knew. There wasn't, there was no guessing. I knew I knew what I knew about him. (coughs) And that was beautiful because it It forces you, the distance, I would say, forces you to truly explore the person. And that was what happened for us. We truly explored each other for about a year and almost a year and a half, not being in the same space. I'm a big believer in that we all learn from the experiences of others. And as a result, I and our listeners today can take from your experience and perhaps maybe there's something in your toolbox that we can add to ours that will improve our lives, move us along a little bit. Something else you said a moment ago that was very key and I wanted to follow up on. You said you got counseling. You stood up, raised your hand, went, did it for two, two and a half years. For some reason, Mm -hmm. there still is somewhat of a stigma in the African-American community Mm -hmm. about seeking counseling perhaps perceiving that it means I'm weak. Mm-hmm. And I assume you argue that's the exact opposite. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I do. Um, we are, we have to admit this out loud to ourselves and to others. People of color in this, in this community, in this country, have been abused, misused, 
we have generations of abuse that we haven't dealt with. Many of us have not. And you have to address that. You have to say, I, can't, I come from brokenness. I know I come from brokenness. I don't care if your parents are together or not. Once you admit that to yourself and you say, I want to fix my brokenness because broken people attract broken people. But people who have mended attract mended people. And that's what you want. You don't want to go into a relationship with a broken person because all you're going to create is brokenness. And that's why I want people to be open to counseling because it's so crucial if you really want to be healed. Absolutely. We're almost out of time. I want to hit you with a couple of more rapid fire type questions. (coughs) Mm -hmm. Money. Even a new study out today says millennial women are worried about their relationships because oftentimes they will end up earning more than their husbands Mm -hmm. do. Also possible and likely in the black community. How do you tackle that? Money is 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 always interesting. I have a an area in the book where I talk about value, what we place value on. And many women place more value on their career, on their money, on their assets than they do their man or the relationship. And that's the problem. Place value. You need to understand where you're putting your value. And and that's something that you have to talk yourself through. Um, I know I did. I, 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 you know, like I said, I owned a home. I had a rental property. I drove a BMW to work and a Lexus to church. I mean, I, I went all out. But one of the things that came from that entire experience, when I finally got married, my husband is, is not a flashy person, but I've never went without our entire marriage. He's paid all the bills. So now I can focus on the environment of our family. I focus on our environment and making sure the environment in my home is one that's conducive to him being amazing and my children being amazing. And that's that's really what's exciting to me about my marriage. You know, all that time I was worried about how much money he made. He's never missed a bill. He's never missed anything. He, he, it's so funny. It's, I, I tell people this. When I married my husband, I was in debt and he married me with my debt. That's, that's, amazing. that's love. That's love. That's love. That's the most important, as, as you say in one of the chapters in the book, and I didn't <laughs> know you were going to cry, but, uh, but I understand because the currency mm-hmm. is, as you write, intimacy mm-hmm. and it's about the relationship. Exactly. What is it that you want men and women? Because we want both of them to read the book. Mm-hmm. Do the journal to take away. I want you to read the book because I think we need to reevaluate what we believe about marriage. That's really what this is about. Yeah. Many people are opting out of marriage and it's killing the entire community. We have made it okay to be daddies and not fathers. Baby mamas and not wives. And that has to stop. It has to stop or else we will literally eradicate our entire community. And we're doing it to ourselves. And when you look at all around, you know, women who are successful are more qualified to be wives than any other women on the planet. Yet we opt out. 
and that's dangerous. All right, ladies, that's the message. It's time to opt in. The author is Carmen Hope Thomas. Her book, Why Marry a Man You Don't Need. Candid conversation about marriage, money, success, and the black woman. But again, it is for all women. It is great. There's a journal to go with it. Something to share about yourself and then to read back to yourself every day for a year. Book signing, if you're listening early, today at Berean Books on Hamilton Homes from 1 to 3. If you're listening and it's evening, you can find this book where books are sold everywhere. Online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the bookstores. Carmen, thank you. Thank you. And for being so... So vulnerable and going so bare. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.